We are learning Daf Dalit, and we're starting from the uh, the top line on Dalit Amid Aleph. And what we're what we're dealing with is a uh, dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and uh, and Rish Lakish. Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish both are looking for sources for the din of our mission. Our Mishnah is that seven days before Yom Kippur, we're mafresh going gadol, lock him up in the lishkas byadrin. And the question is, what is the source for this halacha? We mentioned as well that there's the Mishnah. Uh, that discusses in Parah that we would do the same thing for the Kohen. It's going to be over with the Parah, and the question is what the source was. So according to Rabbi Yochanan, we've been uh, assuming that the Pasuk, the source for this is the Pasuk of Parsha Sav. Which we're saying is a reference to the future when we're going to do the same thing. Just as by the Miluim, they had a locking up for seven days, so too we're going to do the same thing for the future, uh, for the future times, which is reference to Paraduma and Lachapar Alechem for Paraduma for uh, Yom Kippur, the Yochanan himself may have held that the Paraduma is only Darabanan, and the whole pasuk is only is only uh, in regard to Yom Kippur. Okay, but then Rish Lakish had this big kash in Rabbi Yochanan, which is that by the Miluim, whatever it says by the Miluim is supposed to be Ma'akiv. So if that's the source, and we're learning that over to Yom Kippur, then you would expect that the din of Prisha should be Ma'akiv by Yom Kippur. And we find evidence to the contrary because we, 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 we give a backup going God, but we don't make him be locked up for seven days. And because of that, we are stuck. Um, we, or Shlakish felt he was stuck at least. And therefore he moved out from the source. He says it's not what we're looking at. And instead, the source comes from uh, Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was in the, when Hashem called to him to learn Torah at Har Sinai. So there was a Pesach that says that, the, the, that, that there was the, like a cloud that covered uh, and, and according to Yerushalayim, it means it covered Moshe Rabbeinu for six days, and then on the seventh day he called to Moshe, and that the idea was that since Hashem, Moshe was going to have such a special meeting, an encounter with HaKadosh Baruch Hu to learn Tyra, he needed to be in the cloud for six days, and six days of Prisha before that, and then once we have the six, then we kind of say that the seventh, the Gemara was said, was an add-on, that we're concerned, you know, that maybe possibly the Kohen Gadol would be, uh, if, he would, if he would be with his wife, he, he, he might be Baal Nida, in which case it would mess up the whole thing, kind of. So, that's how we got a seventh day. So now that we have that machlokas and rishlokash down pat, now the Gemara is going to analyze different angles on the dispute. So top of the Adam and Aleph, top line. So Amalei Rebilchon and the Rishlokash, Rebilchon and Sesh, Rishlokash. Vishlam, It's good according to my opinion that we learn from the Miluim. Hainu Ditanya, this is the Pshat, what it says in the Bryce. What does it say in the Bryce? Zeb, Zeb, regarding this and that. This and that means both before Yom Kippur and before the Paraduma. Mazen Olaf Koshiv. Part of the thing, besides for the fact that they were locked up, they also had a special hazah. They were sprinkled on from the ashes of the paraduma with the, with the, with the, mixed with the water all seven days that they were locked up. And not only from all seven days, from all of the paraduma ashes that they had in the base of Mikdash. One of the Shatim of Rashi is that they had all the different, each of the paradumas which were made, they never really fully um, finished the supply of ashes. They always made sure to, to retain just, just, just a wee, wee little bit. So there was always a little bit from all of the, the history of the Kohen Gadol's of, of the Paradumas which were made. And they were ma'azim yusham. They were doing that for all of the seven days. So this is obviously, seems like a huge chumrah each of the seven days. You know, maybe this is the third or the seventh day to your tama you're unaware of, just in case. So each of the seven days they're doing, uh, they're doing a special sprinkle. What, what, why would they, where would they get such an idea that we have to be so extra stringent and be doing all this, all this, all this uh, sprinkling? The reason could be, according to Rabbi Yochanan, it's good. Because if you look at the Koran during the Miluim, if you look in the Pesachim and Parashat Sa'av, Moshe Rabbeinu was, was busy sprinkling them with blood. 
that was actually sprinkled with the blood of the Karbanas each of the seven days in the Miluim. So we could say that the, the Hazah that we're doing with the, with the ashes of the Paraduma is Kineged, the, the, the sprinkling of the blood which was done with Aaron HaKohen during the Miluim. But according to you, the Alphas from Sinai, you're saying that the Miluim comes from what happened with Moshe Rabbeinu from our Sinai. So was there any sprinkling that was done in our Sinai? So meaning the Gemara is saying we don't we have no precedent to see that sprinkling was part of the the, the, the din of the Prisha. So if you learn up that we're coming from the Miluim, it's good because we have we have a precedent that during the Prisha there's supposed to be a haza. But if you learn from, from Sinai, well Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't uh, wasn't sprinkled with blood during the day Mea Prisha. So the Gemara says back, Rishakish turns the tables, he says, According to everything you're saying, it's good. You're saying that we learned from the Miluim, by the Miluim there was Hazah, so too there's Hazah here. But it was a different type of Hazah completely. By the Miluim it was blood. Aaron, there was blood from the Kabbalah, which was put in Aaron. Hacha, or in our case, and before Yom Kippur, Mayim. We're talking about the water that's mixed with the ashes of Paradumas, so which is a different type of Hazah. So how are you able to say, oh, it's learned out from the Miluim? I mean, the Miluim was the thing with blood and you're using water. So Rabbi Yochanan says to that that he's not bothered. He says Rabbi Yochanan, holo kasha. It's not a good question. The Tani Rabbi brings in a brayza. The water is in place of the blood. So what does that even mean that the water is in place of the blood? So you have to understand one very important fact. At the time of the miluim, there was not, there was not yet a paraduma. The first paraduma the Gemara Gittin tells us was made by Yibai Yomashmini on, on the first day of Nisan. So that preceding week during the pre-show, there was no paraduma. There was no water with ashes. So that's what it means. It means that like. We didn't have this. It, 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 we didn't have this whole aspect of uh, of, of paradigm of water. So we were just using the blood from the carbonos as you know, idea of spiritual pur- purity. But once it came, then we would use the water, and that's what we do now. Is we use the water. Yeah. Doesn't Rish Lakish though also learn from the Maluim because he says Lasos Lechaper, one is for Para and one is for Yom Kippur. He made. Where does he say that? He made the Jerusha and Gimelim Beis. Um, by the narrow, the end of the narrow wide lines. Um, well, that's Rabbi Sh- Shimon Levi? Rabbi Shimon Ben Levi. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, okay. It seems like Rabbi Shakish doesn't like this one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. No, no worries. Okay. So according to, according, according, according to Rabbi Yochran, he's defending that don't worry, don't worry that this is blood and this is water because the blood, um, the blood was only because it wasn't the water with the paraduma. Now the paraduma, it works. By the way, Teisu says, that uh, it, probably this din is only a drabanan. This idea of the sprinkling during it is probably only a drabanan. It's not a drasha kimura. This whole din of the water being a place of the blood, that's a, that's a chiddush. At, w- at one point, at one point, says that the whole drasha is only a drabanan, meaning the whole drasha of the prisha. It's a very big chiddush of the Taisus. The Taisus here is very bothered by this idea of nechlesumayim tachas adam. It's still funny. Lamaisa, okay, they didn't have it. The water and the blood can just, you know, interchange. Well, it sounds funny. Taisus wants to maybe learn up that the whole pasuk asherasa is really just an asmachta, and that's why we're seeing, you know, such such broad extensions of the whole din. But al kopanim, we understand according to Rabbi Yochanan where it came from. At least Rabbi Yochanan is defending where it would come from. Elul back in the Gemara. But according to you, Reish Lakashet, it's coming from Har Sinai. So again, the question repeats itself. Was there any sprinkling done in Har Sinai? Do we have any precedent? The Chlal, that during Yimei Aprisha, and during Yimei Aprisha, you're supposed to have Hazah. So Reish Lakash says back, you're right, it's nothing to do with the real source. It's just a rabbinic Maila that they, uh, that they put. And if you think about it, it's not like he's suggesting something that's, that, that's foreign to Rabbi Yochanan. We learned yesterday that Rabbi Yochanan himself held that the dinner of from Kasher also was really only for Yom Kippur. The dinner of Paraduma was really only Maile Drabanan, the whole Prisha. 
So there's definitely some miles going on to counteract whatever it was with the tzedukim. So we could understand that there are other miles as well. And one of them may have been that we're going to sprinkle with the ashes of the paraduma every day. But it might, it might not, it's not necessarily based on the source for the prisha at all. Okay, so we haven't necessarily proven anything from the fact that there's hazah. So now the Gemara says, We have the dispute, and we're going to say that there's one b'raisa like Rabbi Yechonon, that the din preacher comes from the Miluim, and one b'raisa like Rishlakish, that the din preacher comes from Sinai. Rabbi Yechonon, the b'raisa that says like Rabbi Yechonon. So it says in the Pasuk in the beginning of Achrimus, So this is just to give context here. So it says in the Pasuk that Hashem said to them, After the children of Aaron died, Another one of you came to the Kodesh HaKadoshim, and they weren't called to come, and they died. So he says to Aaron, Aaron With this process, you can come El HaKadosh. So what does that mean, Bezais? So Pshuta Shomikra, and the Gemara will bring this out, is with the Karbanos, That's the way you can come in. But here we make a drasha, that Bezos actually refers to something else. Which was said by something else. Mayi, what is the reference to? Bezais, what was said by somewhere else, regarding the Miluim. So what was said... What was said, and it's just, again, the reason we was just not like random. Bezais, oh, what was said by the Milun. It's all about context, right? We're just saying that the whole thing was Achimos, Shnei B'nei Aaron. So we just had a mistake what happened on the eighth day after the Miluim. That's not much what we're talking about in the Matzah of the Miluim. Suddenly, Vayibayomashmini. You have, you have the two sons who do something wrong, they go out of line, and they die. So Hashem says to Aaron, if you ever want to go in, you have to make sure that you're careful to do it the way it was done by the Miluim. So what was the matzav of the Miluim? It was Aaron, Aaron was locked up for seven days, and then he was be able to be Mishamish that one day, the eighth day. It wasn't just that he was locked up during the seven days, Moshe was busy teaching Masarlo, he was uh, teaching him. Um, all the seven days, he was training him. So too, in the future generations, will be locked up for seven days, and then he'll be over for the one day of Yom Kippur. Another point, and then during the week that the Kohen Gadol is locked up, you're going to have two Tamid Chachamim who are Talmidim of Moshe. Remember, Moshe was educating Aaron during that week, but the end of Adar. So we're going to have two Tamid Chachamim from the Talmidim of Moshe, Lafuke Tzedukim, to exclude the Tzedukim. The Tzedukim are not supposed to be used. There are many discrepancies in the way that the Avodah was done according to the Tzedukim, then the way it was done according to the Rabbanim. We want to have Davka, a replacement of Moshe. So Moshe no Kol Shiva, and they were teaching him all seven days to train him in the Avodah. And this is the source for what our Mishnah says, seven days before Yom Kippur, that we take the Kohen Gadol out from his house and we place him in the Lushkas Farhajan. So according to the Bride, so it's coming from the Bezois, a little bit different than what Rabbi Yochan had said. Rabbi Yochan before was saying that it comes from Kasher also, so the Gemara will deal with that in a minute. But the overall idea is the same, that to go to Yom Yom Kippur, before you're going to do all that, there has to be done like by the Miluim, Justice by the Miluim, there's a Din Prisha, so to hear there's Din Prisha, and we also learn in the price, so an added point that there's a, a Din Chinuch, you know, to be educated by Moshe, and now in the future by the Jishnei Tebet Continues the Braisa, just as that the preacher was done for the Kohen God before Yom Kippur, there would be Parish, there would be Mafresh rather, the Kohen who was burning the Parah, right? He would also have a Din Preisha. He was put in the chamber that was by in front of the Naharabayas. Mizracha in the northeast corner, and as we learned at that base, the north to relate to the fact that the Paraduma Fechatos, the east to relate to the fact that the Avodah is done to the east of the base of Mikdash. Continues the price. So, both this one and that one, the Kohen was doing 
who's being locked up for Yom Kippur, and the Kohen who's being locked up for Paradu. No Mazen of Kol Shiva. They would have the water mixed with the ashes sprinkled on them all seven days. Mikol Chadav Yisham from all of the um, the ashes from all the Paradumas that were there. The Im Taimah. The Bryce itself asked the question here. It's very interesting. Im Taimah Miluim Dam Malchamayim. This is what we were referencing before, I guess. If you're going to ask that, what do you mean we're learning from the Miluim that we do Hazah during the Miluim? They were sprinkled with blood. And here, before Yom Kippur, it's water mixed with ashes. You shouldn't be bothered by that. Amrit, you would answer, that the water enters in place of blood. Continues to the Oymer, and there's another source. So the first source, again, is from the word Bezais. Bezais, with this Yavol Aaron, Bezais was what was said by the Bilum. Continues to Brisa, the Oymer, and it also says, meaning I'm going to give you another source. Just as he did for you today, so too Hashem is mitzvah to, to, to bring kapara. To do is a reference to ma'isa para. That para aduma requires prishma. Finally, that's the end of the price. Again, we're saying that this is the price that's like Rabbi Yochan. So now the Gemara just analyzes what exactly is going on with this bizais business. So the Gemara says, What do you mean bizais is an extra word that you're saying with this iron will go away and it means with parisha? We have a very simple pshuta shomek right here. With this iron will come in. What is this? With the continuation of the basak. With the bull that he's bringing the chatos and the ram that he's bringing for an ola. Bizos. Only with these carbonates is iron able to come in. Meaning he can't come in whenever he would like lefnaiv lefnaim. Only on the special times that he's bringing these carbonos is he allowed to come. So mechatesi, that the word bizos is coming to reference the din of prisha. So the Gemara says, Armi, either carbon If you're right that that's pshuta shomek. But if that's all it was coming to say, it could have said it Belashon, yeah, it could have said it Belashon Zachar. If you think about the Karbanos, they were a par, which is a, a, a male cow, right? And it was an idol, which is a ram, a male, a male ram. So then they're both Belashon Zachar. So it could have said Bazet. Oh, and if you want to say it, maybe it's plural, it could have said Ba'ela. But again, the point is that it should be in the masculine. My Bezois, why would it say Bezois? Bezois is Belashon Akeva. Shamis Minatarti is coming therefore to reference something else as well. Bazai's Lashon Nikeva. Prisha is a Lashon Nikeva. So we say that it's coming to reference that there's a, something else that comes, which is Belashon Nikeva. It's a nice drasha, very Mechudashika drasha. Instead of saying Bazar Ba'ela, instead of Belashon Nikeva. So therefore we say, besides for the fact that Aaron needs the Karbanus to come in, he also needs something that is uh, a Nikeva when he comes in. What has been Nikeva? Must be, it means Prisha. Okay, that was the drasha from Bazai's. Now, Says the, says the price said, it went on to say, oh, by the way, there's also another source. The other source is uh, Kasher As, which is the way Rabbi Yochanan had been telling us. So the Gemara says, my va'imer. Why do we have to give another source? Like, what does it mean you're adding on another source? If you brought one proof, you don't need a second proof. So the Gemara says, if you only had the first proof, you'll say like this. The first original Yom Kippur requires Prisha. Just like we find, the Miluim, the Miluim was not... Uh, in a, a repeated event. Rimiluim was only the first time, the first year. I would say there's no need. Or you might come up and make a different argument. The first Kohen Gadol, Aaron, requires Prisha. But in general, Kohen Gadol does not require Prisha. In other words, maybe Aaron throughout his life was required to do it before the Avodah. Meaning, it's a din. And maybe not only the first year that Aaron did the Avodah. Whenever, whenever Aaron did that vote, but maybe it's a din in Aaron, Aaron Akoin specifically. So therefore, Tashma Kasher also to make to say not like both of these arguments. We bring from the second pasuk Kasher also that it's for future generations uh, for, for, for forever. To, that this halacha should be a preacher. If you think about it, the Gemara is making two different svars, very very different svars. One is a din 
Mitzad, and again, this is the lumdus always at the Din Prisha. Mitzad, like the, the usage of the new Makam, that we learned from the Miluim, you would say, okay, that's about using the Makam for the first time in new usage. So, so to hear, maybe the first Yom Kippur, you should need it. Then the Gemara comes back with another Sfar that it's more like a Gavar Tikka thing. And maybe it's a Din in Aaron Akain, whenever, in his lifetime, Pesachis of Aaron in his lifetime. And to that, we bring the second Pasuk. So now, Lamaskana, after you have both of that, what's Taka the Taich in the Prisha? Is it a Gavar Tikka Din or is it in the Makam? You could understand that the, the Chiddush is one of two ways. You could understand you have to be Makanach the Makam that each year is a new, a new Cheshbin. So, so it's still from the Makom perspective. Or you could look at it from the Gavar perspective. That, that, that it's, uh, Hashem said it by Arab, but it's really by anyone. That in order to, to upgrade their Kedusha, that they're the Oivid, that they're the Kayin Gadol to do the Avaida, so then they need the Din Prisha. Maybe it could be looked at in either of those two ways. al this is the end of the Brisa. Like Rabbi Yochanan, in this Brisa, said Rabbi Yochanan, we learned that it comes from Kasher also, but we also learn as well that there's another source from Bezais, Belashon and Keva that references, references the Din Prisha. Okay. So now the Gemara moves on to Rish Lakish. We have another price which seems to indicate like Rish Lakish. Tarnik comes to Rish Lakish. Moshe Olav Anan. Moshe went up into a cloud. Beniskadish Anan. He's covered completely by the cloud. Beniskadish Anan. He was Niskadish. He's elevated in the cloud. What was the reason of all this cloud business for Moshe Rabbeinu? Because the Kabbal Torah, the Yisrael B'Kedusha. The point was that when he's going to receive the Torah for Kabbal Yisrael, he should be done in a very holy state. What is the source for all this business? So if you just want to take a look at this Pasuk, we have it on the side of Gemara, even better in Mishpatim, there's a few points that the Pasuk makes. It says, So the Kveid Hashem comes to Har Sinai. So when the Pasuk continues to say, that it covers the, the, it covers Vayichasehu. What is the, the subject of Vayichasehu? What is the cloud cover? So the Gemara is, is darshaning that it means it's covering Moshe Rabbeinu. But the reality is that there's a very much other, much simpler way of looking at the Pasuk. It would mean that the, the cloud envelops the mountain for six days. And what we're going to see in the Ahmed Bey is why we're not expounding it that way. And then finally, the Pasuk says that Hashem calls to Moshe on the seventh day, Mitocha Anon. So we're interpreting that this Pasuk that the cloud means, means he covered him. Him meaning the person Moshe Rabbeinu. And, uh, and, and that's, that's what we're referencing. And the idea, again, was a Prisha for six days where Moshe Rabbeinu was Niskadesh before he was called to the Eivishtah on the seventh day to go to learn and receive the Torah on behalf of Klai So the Brisa continues, But this means that this story happens after that Sarah Sadebris. These six days were the beginning of the 40 days after the after Matan Torah when Moshe learned Taira with the Abishta. Did Rabbi said, Lili, all this are the words of Rabbi said, Lili. So let's just make sure we have the timeline. Kla Yisrael come, but Midbar Sinai, what does the Pasuk say? They come by Yom Hazeb, by the Chodesh Hashishi, by Echad Chodesh. For the next days, Moshe Rabbeinu is running around. He's like the middleman between Kla Yisrael and the Abishta, barking out instructions right and left. He's not in a cloud the days before our Sinai. That's clear. And then afterwards, we're going to have this thing. And what we're going to see when evidence how Moshe Rabbeinu learns the Torah for 40 days with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So clearly that's after Matan Torah. So Rabbi Yisrael Lili is interpreting that this Pasuk here, in the end of Parshim Mishpatim, V'yishim Kvar Hashem Al-Sinah V'yichaseo, Anushishim V'yikra, Moshe Be'yum Ashvi, this Pasuk is all going L'achem Matan Torah. So what happened? They were taught the Ten Commandments, they had their service of Dibbers then, and Klai, right? Moshe Rabbeinu has it. The next day, and we'll see exactly how this works, but the next day Moshe Rabbeinu goes back into his cloud, goes back up, the cloud covers him for the week, he's there, the seventh day Hashem calls to him, and he remains on the mountain for 40 days, and uh, eventually he comes back down. That's what Rabbi Yosei is looking at, and we're talking about the Prisha, which was from after Matan Torah, until Moshe Rabbeinu was actually uh, the one-on-one learning session with HaKadosh Baruch That's Rabbi Yosei interpretation, which is the support for Rish Lakish. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, the whole thing is a mistake. 
this whole thing, this pasuk, Vayishim Kavad Hashem, is talking about before that the, the according to Rabbi Akiva, the six days that the pasuk is talking about is the six days from Rosh Sivan until the giving of the Torah, which occurred according to him on the seventh day of Sivan. Obviously, there's an implicit dispute over here. We're going to see an important thing. According to Rabbi Akiva, the point is that the Asaris Atibros Matan Torah was the seventh day of Sivan. So then you could interpret like that in the Pasuk, that there were six days that the cloud was resting and the cloud was covering the mountain for six days. And then Hashem calls to Moshe on the seventh day as a reference to Matan Torah. It has nothing to do with this pre-sha. It wasn't, it wasn't in, Moshe wasn't inside of the cloud for six days. The Pasuk is saying that the cloud was covering the chasehu, means it's covering the mountain. According to Rabbi Kiva, this whole thing is off. There's no idea that afterwards, for the next 40 days, that Moshe Rabbeinu has to first spend six days inside of a cloud. According to Rabbi Akiva, that's not the facts. That's not aren't the facts on the ground. And that's, so according to Rabbi Yosei where the support for Rishlach which come from, the whole idea is that after Mount Torah, Moshe is in the cloud. Anon is covering Moshe for the six days, then he's getting the Torah. According to Rabbi Akiva, the Apostle is talking about covering the mount. Okay, so now we continue and we see According to Rabbi Akiva, so according to Rabbi Akiva, when it says that it covered it means it was covering the mountain. And it can't be Moshe, because again, Moshe is running back and forth during the six days before Matan Torah, giving out the instructions between Klai Yisrael and Yisrael and Baruch. When it says he calls on the seventh day, it means the seventh of Sivan, and he's calling on Moshe, right, to, to give over the Aseris HaTibros. And what does it mean? Well, and now according to Rabbi Akiva, what? The Aseris HaTibros were only go, given to Moshe? Vayikra Moshe. Moshe personally was receiving the Aseris HaTibros. No, all Klai Yisrael was. Moshe v'Klai Yisrael loved him. The reality was Moshe and all Klai Yisrael were standing there, and everybody heard the Aseris HaTibros. Why does the Pasuk say that Hashem called Moshe? The Pasuk is... is, is is, is saying it that way to single out Moshe Rabbeinu from everybody else. That is as if like Hashem was calling to Moshe as if it was only for him. It was like a special cover for Moshe. But the reality was that it was for, it was for everybody. Those are the first two opinions, Rabbi Yitzhak and Rabbi Akiva. Then we learn other opinions. So Rabbi Nassim agrees with Rabbi Yitzhak Lili's timeline that the, Moshe Rabbeinu was in the cloud for six days after Matan Torah. But instead of saying it was like a Din Prisha, like a Galata Din Prisha, according to Rabbi Nassim, there was a very specific purpose why Moshe Rabbeinu was in the cloud. He was there to remove all food and drink from Moshe Rabbeinu's stomach. The point was to make him on the level of an angel that he was able to get there. So the facts were like Rabbi Yosef Lili, but since it's a very different objective according to Rabbi Nassim, it might not necessarily be a Din of, uh, uh, of Makar to Kohen Gadol having a Din Prisha before, uh, before Yom Gip, right? According to, according to Rabbi Yosef Lili, we're just glad that Din Prisha, so it could be a source for the Kohen Gadol before he meets the Akadosh Baruch. But here, there's something very specific. Moshe Rabbeinu learning the Torah, he's supposed to be on the level of an angel. Okay, that's, these are different ideas about not having any food or drink inside of him. Now, there's a big cash on this whole thing. What's the pshat that Moshe Rabbeinu would have any food or drink inside of his stomach? Right? The whole thing was that they ate the lechem abirim, they ate the mun, the gemara later on, it's going to be in the gemara's in the eighth barrack, the, 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 the mun didn't make them go to the bathroom. And the whole din, the gemara's going to tell us that, 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 that they used to have to be careful when they go to the bathroom, the psukhman parshas kisese, v'yase t'yilachom there's all these halachas about where a person can defecate. So the Gemara is very bothered. I mean, you eat the man. The man didn't make you go to the bathroom. So where, where are all the coming from? So the Gemara says that there were foreign merchants who came and would sell their, their stuff to Klai Yisrael. Okay, so like, the way you normally would, would internalize that, that Gemara is that, you know, the people who couldn't handle just eating the man would be able to supply, you know, to eat that stuff. The Haile Gemara was not buying some random stuff that some goods were coming in. So presumably Moshe Rabbeinu was eating the man. So the Gemara were very bothered. What, what, what is this mirika of the Achila and Shtia that's taken out of Moshe Rabbeinu's body? Continues the Gemara. You know why Moshe had a prisha? 
It was to scare, to stick the fear, the intimidation in front of our Moshe. We should be scared, fear. Moshe Rabbeinu should be shaking. How are we with awe? And how do we? How are we happy? We're, we're gilu, we rejoice, bera'ada, when we're shaking. So the Gemara says, so okay, so according to this idea of Matzman Kharash, again, it's something very specific only to the Prisha for Matzman Taira, after Matzman but it's not in general Makar for Din Prisha for Kohen Gadol. So the Gemara says, what is the meaning of this Pasuk? He said, it might be gilu, bera'ada. It's like a paradox, right? You're rejoicing, but you're also, you're also shaking. So the Gemara says, Omar, Omar, Adar, Masa, Marav, Velkom Gilo, Shamter, Yadah. means in the place where you misameach, Velkom Gilo. So what is that? It's a reference to receiving the Torah. Like, to think about the Simcha that must have been there. Rashi says it's something that makes it very happy. So, but Dafka in that Makom of Gila to counter that there has to be Ra'ada, there has to be the shaking, and that's what the the six days in the cloud were meant to be—something to instill the fear into Moshe Rabbeinu. So now the Gemara analyzes this bigger dispute that we have. That's the basic question: Is it is the cloud covering the mountain before Matan Torah? Is that what the Pasuk is talking about, or is the Pasuk talking about the cloud covering Moshe Rabbeinu after Matan Torah? So, what's the real root of what they're arguing about? According to the Tanakhama, according to Rabbanon, it was the sixth day of Sivan that that Ma'an Torah happened. It was on. It was on the seventh day. Now it's interesting. Here, the Gemara does not get into where this dispute comes from. The Gemara in Shabbos elaborates on this dispute. In front of us now, the Gemara in Yuma, we don't really have to care so much about what the source. Just trust that there must be different sources between the Rabbanon and Rabbi Yossi. Why Rabbi Yossi thinks it was given on the seventh day of Sivan, and the Rabbanon think it was given on the sixth day of Sivan. But now, the Gemara working with those facts, the Gemara says like this, Madam according to the Tanakhama, that it was given on the sixth. So, Mishisha Nina, Ubeshiva Allah. So it was the sixth day that it was, um, that it was given, and the next day, the seventh day, that's when Moshe went, went up to, to, to and the one that said that it was given on the seventh of Rabbi Yossi, so Bashiva Nitna, Bashiva Allah. So it was the seventh day that it was given, and it was the seventh, the seventh day, the same exact day that Moshe went back up to um, to our Sinai. In other words, everybody agrees that Moshe was for 40 days from the seventh of in the seventh of Sivan in Kintanat. So according to the Tanakhama, the seventh of Sivan is the day after the Torah was given. According to Rabbi Yossi, that the Torah was given on the seventh, so Moshe Rabbeinu went back up on the same day. Okay. Fine. What does that have to do with us about whether the cloud was covering Moshe or the covering the mountains? And how the Gemara explains how is Tali who held that the cloud covered Moshe after Matan Torah? He held like the Tanakama, Damar Torah. He held that the Torah was given on the sixth of the month. Therefore, the Psokim here that we're saying that it covers him must be talking about after Matan Torah. Why? So that's talking about. After the cloud covered Moshe for six days. It's talking about that it's covering Moshe Rabbi. He calls to Moshe on the seventh day. So that would be the 13th of Sivan. The rest of the Torah. What's the reason why we have to interpret it that way and not work with a simpler interpretation that it means that the Kavod Hashem is there from Moshchodesh Sivan until Matan Torah? If you think like Rabbi Akiva wanted to suggest that it means the Kavod Hashem was there from Moshchodesh on in Lahar. And, and when it says it covered it, it means the mountain. So, Hashem calls out to Moshe on the seventh day, to what? To have Matan Torah? What are you talking about the seventh day? Matan Torah was on the sixth day. 
So it, the whole thing doesn't make any sense. And now the Gemara makes a further point. This is an interesting, very interesting line of the Gemara. That according to Rabbi Akiva's interpretation, that the cloud was there. The cloud was there from before. And it was covering the mountain, not covering Moshe. And Hashem's calling to Moshe to be Mechabal the Torah. Presumably after the Torah, the Onan left. And it should be gone. It should be gone. It was already there. After it served its purpose, it should be gone. So how could Moshe, how could Hashem call Moshe on the seventh day of the Torah if they were already given on the sixth? That's like one clear time. That line in the Gemara is Zayir Klar. The day is wrong. Hashem's calling to Moshe on the seventh day. What do you mean? Mount Torah is the sixth day. But this next line in the Gemara is a very puzzling line. The Gemara is making another point. It's like, furthermore, if the whole point of the cloud was only there to, to, to cover the mountain until, until, until that's Eres Adibras, so presumably the cloud would be gone already right after Matan Torah. Very machodish to the line in the Gemara. You want to tell you that the date is wrong? It makes a lot of sense. The date is off, right? The date is off. Hashem's calling to Moshe on the seventh day. What do you mean? According to the Tanakhama, Ma'an Torah is the sixth day. That is clear as day. That's why it cannot work. That's why if you hold like the Tanakhama, that the Torah was given on the sixth day, so this whole pasuk of covering and calling on the seventh day must be talking about after Ma'an Torah. That's clear. But the point of the Gemara that for sure the honor went away on the sixth day, that's, that's a puzzling line. And the reason why, why specifically it's so puzzling is because we are taught, and this comes from Arashi and Beitzah, but there are other sources, that actually the Anan did not leave Har Sinai until the Hakamas Hamishka. So in other words, what happened was is that the Anan came down by Har Sinai and it stuck around. It hovered around there. This whole thing. Actually, Rashi and Beza write this black and white is that the Anan stuck around until the inauguration of the Mishkan, which was like 10 months later. And the Anan didn't never went up to Shemai. And here, yet we have a line in the Gemara, Histalik Anan Mishisha, that makes it sound like, for, for sure, it would left right after Mount Tara. So this particular line in the Gemara is a little puzzling. But the overall point is very clear. If Mount Tara was on the sixth day of Sivan, then it should be very, very clear that Vayikra Moshe Vayom Ashvi makes no sense. So it must be that the whole thing is after Matan Torah. We're not talking about Yishkuk Bar Hashem means Fakert, that the, the Anun was sticking around after Matan Torah in order to envelop Moshe Rabbeinu. Six days Moshe is in the cloud, and then on the seventh day, the 13th of Sivan, Hashem calls him. So how does Rabbi Akiva go? And Rabbi Akiva, Savalk Rabbi Yeshi, Rabbi Akiva, Halak Rabbi Yeshi, Tamar Shiva, Chodesh, and Atar Yisrael, Matan was the seventh day. So now everything makes sense. The Anun is covering the cloud, is covering the mountain for six days. Then Hashem is calling to Moshe, Bishas Matan on the seventh day. So the Machlekes that we have, Rabbi Yesi Aglili and Rabbi Akiva is telling the Machlekes between Rabbi Yesi and the Tanakhama. The only thing that's a little bit confusing is the name Rabbi Yesi. We can't get confused between Rabbi Yesi Aglili and Rabbi Yesi. Rabbi Yesi holds the Torah was given on the sixth. He Dafka holds like Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Yesi Aglili holds like the Rabbanan. So just don't get confused about that. But otherwise, the Talina of the Gemara is Zayakla. So now the Gemara makes a Cheshbin. Bishlam of Rabbi Akiva. Let's go according to Rabbi Akiva that Moshe went up to the mountain on. The seventh, Hanim Shachos Law, right? This whole thing, according to Rabbi Kiva, Matan was the seventh, and, Mo, and Moshe Rabbeinu goes up on the seventh. And according to Rabbi Yosei Aglili, just I'm sorry, according to Rabbi Akiva, there was no prisha, right? We have to emphasize that again. According to Rabbi Akiva, there was no prisha afterwards. He just went up right away and started learning Torah. So Hanim Shachos Law, Shivas Rabbi Tamish Dabaluchos. Now it makes sense that the luchos were broken on the on the 17th of Thomas. Why? We have that tradition. That's one of the reasons that we fast, right? So we know that Moshe Rabbeinu learned Torah for 40 days, the Pasuk says. So if you make the timeline, it works out. Esen Rabbah de Sivan. You have 24 days left to Sivan. 
right? The seventh day of the month through the rest. If you do all the months of Sivan minus the first six days. So the seventh through the end of Sivan is 24. Vishisar the Damas and then the six, first 16 of Damas. That completes the 40 days. Moshe was on the mountain. Give the Moshe Rabbeinu is learning Torah for 40 days. He comes down, he sees Chat Ego, he breaks the Lucha. Give That's all like Rabbi Akiva, that Moshe was Allah on the seventh day of Sivan directly to go learn Torah from the Abishra. So the 40 days started then. Day 7 until day 13 were a bunch of uh, days of Prisha. Moshe's not learning anything. So what do we have the 40 days starting? The 40 days shouldn't be starting, presumably, until the 13th of Sivan. So Abba we need the 40 days, but he's on the mountain learning Torah. So it should come out. Luchas are not broken until the 23rd of Tamas. So what's going on? The dates are off. The 40 days of the mountain include the six days of Prisha. Meaning the Cheshman of 40 days, not 40 days that, 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 that of learning Torah. It's really 33 days uh, of, of the learning of the Torah, 34 days. And it's just the six days are included in the 40. So everybody agrees to the timeline that it was the 17th of the Thomas when Moshe Rabbeinu came down. Okay, so now we've brought this whole b'risa. Now the Gemara is going to analyze a little bit. We said, according to the Mandam, Moshe was Matan Torah. So Hashem said, it called to Moshe, but really everybody was there. Everybody was there. So Messiah, when it says, Hashem called to Moshe, really he was speaking to everybody. So this Amora is definitely supported by what it says in the b'risa. The Pasuk could have said, Kolo. But instead it said, kol a love. So what are the Pasuk we're talking about? So we're talking about the Pasuk that says, Vayishim kol love. And Moshe Rabbeinu actually was speaking with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The, the Mishkan's up. So it says that Moshe heard, Vayishim kol medaber a love. So it could have said, medaber lo. That would have been the better grammar. Why is it saying medaber a love? So we say, kol a love, to tell you, Moshe, shamu kol yisrael shamu. That it's not just them. That it was to him, it was only them, only Moshe heard the voice. All of Klaishal did not hear the voice. So what are we asking? We're making a comparison between the voice that Moshe Rabbeinu heard by when Hashem communicated with him in the Oom Moed. We're comparing that to this voice at Harsinai. So we're asking Akasha. By Harsinai, when Hashem says, Vayikra Moshe, you're saying everybody was still heard. So how could it be that Moshe heard, Medaber Elav, only Moshe heard, and nobody else heard? It's like a stira. When Hashem is talking to Moshe, do other people hear or not? So the Gemara easily answers this. Lo kasha, It's almost like, what was the question to begin with? Two different occurrences. When Hashem called to Moshe, so it wasn't just that Moshe heard. Hashem called to Moshe, but here we're interpreting that everybody was able to hear as well. Matan Torah was for everybody. The communications with Moshe afterwards in the Oom Moed, there it only Moshe was able to hear and nobody else uh, was, able, was able to. Okay, if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense, right? That's kind of the whole point. Matan Torah was for everybody. It's a different Lashem. Kriya Vayikra Moshe was to everybody. Right? Very loud. So therefore, therefore that by Matan Torah everybody heard. But this other Pasuk that says, Lashon of smaller is a smaller, softer tone. And that's something that only Moshe Rabbeinu heard. So in general, a Kriya could be heard by everybody. Midaber is a reference that it can. Continues the Gemara. There's a Mari de Gezach. We're looking at Psokim at the end of Sefer Shemais. The, everything has been completed. Everything's finished. They finished the Mishkan. But what does the Pasuk say? It says in the Pasuk, very end of Sefer Shemites, Moshe can't come in into the Almighty because the cloud is there. It seems 
that this covered on and right this cloud and again I can emphasize this enough this is the same cloud that's what uh, Rashi and Beitzah tells us very clearly it hung around from uh, from Mount Taira until the Mishkan so the cloud transfers to the Mishkan and the cloud is an impediment to Moshe Rabbeinu coming in well he has to go in right that's the whole point he has to go in to hear for the message Rashi but he can't come in so it sounds like the cloud is something which stops Moshe but what did we learn from Harsinai? It says Moshe comes into the Anan. So, so what's going on? We see that the cloud, like Moshe, just walks in. So how could it be that in one story Moshe Rabbeinu is not phased by the cloud? He goes in by Harsinai. But here, by the Mishkan, the cloud is blocking him. What's the chilek? So we see the answer is it must be that really the cloud does block Moshe. He can't get in the cloud unless Hashem grabs you. Very interesting idea. You don't get in yourself. But Moshe, when it says that Moshe, it means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu actually grabbed him, but Moshe couldn't come in on his own. Now the Gemara tells us a different interpretation a little bit. It says here that Moshe came It says by the splitting Kriyas Yansav, it says Just over there, what happened, there was a shvil, like a path. They cut right through the water. The water split. This is a different interpretation. So there's two different ideas. One is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu grabbed Moshe into the cloud itself. And the second interpretation is that a nace happened and there was a splitting of the cloud that Moshe Rabbeinu was able to walk in. Now we continue the price of Ekra Moshe Vayidaber. Let me make them Kriya Ladiba. Why does it say Kriya before Dibar? A person shouldn't say something to his friend unless he first calls him. This idea of calling your friend, you know, of uh, telling him that you want to speak to him before you actually start, start the conversation. That's the Darachet. Don't say something over to your friend unless you first call upon him. Okay. Now we learned something else in that Pasuk. The Pasuk says Lemar. What is Lemar? So, How do we know that in general? Somebody tells you a private thing. How do we know that the Pasuk shot is you're not supposed to repeat it? Meaning the assumption is that you're not, it's, it's being told to you in secrecy. Until the person specifically tells you, go repeat it. Unless he tells you to repeat it, the assumption is he doesn't want you to. Lamar means Hashem was instructing Moshe, Lamar, go, go tell this. But otherwise, you should assume that you're not allowed to. Okay, give out. So now we finish this whole long machlokas, what the machlokas was. If we learn from the Miluim, or if we learn from Harsinai. So now the Gemara just makes one point. What was Rish Lakish's Kash and Rabbi Yechanan? If we learn from the Miluim, if we learn from the Miluim, so it's a Ma'aki by the Miluim. So it's Ma'aki by the Miluim, so it should be Ma'aki over here. So whatever, we didn't really answer that question if you take notice. But the Gemara infers Maklau, we see the Travas Shirilim Miluim, Kalakosma Ma'akibam. That's Klar. That what, by the, everyone agreed to the premise that whatever the Torah says by the Miluim is Ma'akit. If you don't do it that way, it doesn't work. How do we know to Itmar was said, Miluim, by the Miluim, everything that it says by the Miluim is Ma'akit. No, not everything that by the Miluim is Ma'akit. There were certain things that were done by the Miluim that are going to be done in the future. There are certain things by the Miluim that were done that were only done by the Miluim. We'll talk all about it tomorrow. But the things that were done and done in the future as well, those things are ma'akev. But the things that were done only anonymously this, um, this one time by the miluim are not ma'akev. So there's a, a subtle dispute about whether or not all the things that are going to be done forever 
are ma'akiv, but or every single thing by the moon are ma'akiv. So what does this have to do with us? The Gemara speaks out. It's not Rabbi Yechonon Adamar Kolakas Ma'akiv. It must be that Rabbi Yechonon agrees that Kolakas from Ma'akiv because what happened yesterday? What happened was Kamalei Rishim and Lakish Rabbi Yechonon Mishlakish had the kasher to Rabbi Yechonon that he ma'aluim Kolakas from Ma'akiv below Kamalav Amidi. He was asking. The assuming that the miluim it was ma'akiv, the prisha is ma'akiv the miluim. So he's asking. So if it's ma'akiv the miluim, so it should be ma'akiv us as well. It should be ma'akiv the prisha the seven days before Yom Kippur. Rabbi Yochanan heard that question. He didn't give any answer. He could have said, "Who told you that the miluim the prisha is ma'akiv? Maybe the prisha is just an, an anomaly that happens. It doesn't happen normally ladoras, and it's not ma'akiv by the miluim. So from the fact that Rabbi Yochanan and Rishlakish were both on the same page that the the miluim." The Prisha would be Ma'akiv the Miluim. You see that they hold that, that opinion by the Miluim. Whatever it says is Ma'akiv. Even the things that are only by the Miluim, whatever it said by the Miluim is Ma'akiv. And tomorrow we will explore that Machlaikis more. But the assumption that we're making today is both Rabbi Yochanan and Mishlakish agree. Kol Ma'akiv by the Miluim.